You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, fellow... Okay, this is a long one. Hello, fellow brains wearing Hanes on trains or reading Mark Twain's books on planes or walking your Great Danes with canes or changing lanes in Ford Fair Lanes while your wife complains of labor pains. Mm. Where are the brains who will explain <laughs> why cranes land on the plains of Maine? Do they? In the pouring rain in search of grain, while storm drains strain hard to contain, water they obtain from steep terrain. That was beautiful. That was oh. very slam poetry. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I like it a snap clap for yes. them. Yeah. The bears of Baron Stain. <laughs> yeah. oh. They feel my pain. No, you need the bongos. Welcome to Good Job Brain. Your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. This is episode 159. And of course, I'm your humble host, Karen. And that was uh, that beautiful slam poetry intro was written by a uh, listener, Randy Johnson. Thank you so much. That was a, yeah. a whole story. Uh, I'm Karen, your humble host. I'm Colin. I'm Dana. And I'm Chris. Some some big news. No. Oh. Yes. What? Uh, what did we we do? are having. Oh yeah, our first uh, baby. Oh no. wait, <laughs> we already did that. Oh right. Yeah. Well, you did that. Yeah. We are finally doing a live show. Finally, good job, Brave yeah. Live. Can I go? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. I think you're obligated. <laughs> do I have a seat reserved? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we had a couple of meetups, like in-person meetups mm-hmm. uh, in Vegas and in San Francisco. And that went fine. No stabbings, you know? <laughs> no. Right? Only one. So only the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But Colin's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I had it coming. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't even know how to describe it. It is a show. <laughs> it's a Good Job Brain show live, but also we're going to have like audience games. We're going to have Q&A. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a whole variety show. Good Job Brain style. Yep. It's going to happen on October 3rd on a Saturday in San Francisco, uh, Japantown specifically. And the tickets are on sale now. We've been kind of... Uh, Not we, telling anyone. Yeah. Well, yeah. We just kind of, you know, we, we told people on Facebook and then we just wanted to see. Uh, but now it, it's official. I, I also needed to put down the deposit for the venue first. So I didn't want to be like, whoa. And it's then for sure like, here. Yeah. We didn't get it. So it's for sure happening October 3rd. You can get your tickets right now. It's the early bird pricing. So it's $5 mm-hmm. off, um, 25 bucks. And later it's going to be 30 bucks, two hours of awesomeness. And everybody's getting a cool goodie bag. And this is daytime. daytime. So yeah. 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 Fun for the whole family. If you are interested, uh, you can get tickets. There's a bit.ly link, which is faster. So bit.ly bit.ly slash GJB live lowercase all one word and uh, get your tickets there. And of course, we're going to link it in the show notes too. So hope to see you guys there and don't yeah. stab Colin anymore. All right, let's jump into our first general trivia segment. Pop quiz, hotshot. And here I have a random, not a trivial pursuit card. It Boo. is from the ran, it's random from the box. It's called Forte <laughs> and it's really hard. Okay. Oh. And I this- think it's hard because of. Is it supposed to, it's like it's trivial pursuit, I think it's, but harder? Yeah, I think it's supposed to be a little bit tougher than okay. trivial pursuit, but also it's 
kind of dated. And it's oh. random categories? It's, uh, yeah, well, I can tell you what categories. Okay. It actually says here, so... It, it looks, okay. just roll it it looks very me. much like a Trivial Pursuit yeah, but, card. But, yeah. like, slightly less yeah. well laid okay. out. Right. Well, we, yeah. we can rock this. Like, we can do yeah, this, guys. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, here, <laughs> okay. here we go. All right. First question from the category of soaps. Oh. All right. Oh, okay. Which Falcon Crest role is played by Chow Lee Chi? Falcon Crest. Falcon Crest. So, wow, let's go back to the eighties. No, man. so all I think of is like Elizabeth. T- no, Joan Crawford was she? In her? Not Joan Crawford. What's her uh, name? Morgan uh, Fairchild, right? Wasn't she? Right. Which Falcon Crest role? Role. Role. Is character. played by Charlie Chee. Chow I was barely I'm allowed gonna, to watch that show. When I'm going to guess it's something so very cool. stereotypically Asian sounding. So what are you going to say? Well, 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 well you know, if you, if you give me a profession, how about a profession? Oh. Mm. Uh, um, a doctor. N- incorrect. N- uh, laundromat. <laughs> incorrect. <laughs> uh, chef. Uh, close. The butler. Oh, oh okay. okay. Or manservant. And sure. What's the name of the role? Or what's Chow Lee. <laughs> oh, really? What? Oh, uh, so they didn't come up with another they, name. Yeah, they like, <laughs> well, they're just like Chow Lee the butler. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Next category: cartoons. Mm-hmm. Here we go. What was the title of the 1968 version of The Legend of King Arthur? Oh. Chris. The Sword and the Stone? Incorrect. Gosh darn it. Is this a, a kid in King Arthur's court? Isn't that? No. no it's like one of the maybe like a, like a variation action. one. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. 19. Why it's a cartoon. Okay. The kid in King Arthur's court was a thing, but it was a live action yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. With Kira Kate Knightley. W- Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet. Yeah. Very was this, young. Was this, in the nineties, yeah. I think, right? It not, is. Is it Robin? What is it? No. Arthur and the Square Knights of the Round Table. Never. Do you get heard it of now? It. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't yes. remember that at all. I don't yeah. think they played it again after nineteen. I don't know if it's a no. film yeah. or a or a TV show. TV show. So. I don't know. Anyways, okay. Well, here we all go. Right. That's, okay. that's not your forte. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, okay. Next category: space. Mm-hmm. What caused the lunar module Snoopy? To be tossed around all over the skies on its test descent, nine miles from the moon. What caused? Can you read it again? What What caused caused the lunar module Snoopy Snoopy to be tossed around Uh all over the skies skies in its test descent, Uh, nine miles from the moon? I was going to guess like a, a tornado or something, but there's no weather on the moon. I don't know. I don't what know what they're it? looking for. A faulty switch setting on the instrument panel. Oh, that was my oh. second guess. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I just didn't. Just like something went wrong. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> what caused it? Something went the wrong. Faulty, <laughs> yeah, like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Faulty, <laughs> what you call it on the new yeah. hickey. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a really fun trivia question. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a really, right, right, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Forte, the game yeah. never said it was fun. It's true. They didn't promise. They didn't That's promise. Yeah. Slogan. <laughs> All right. Next category: pairs. Which married couple were the force behind the controversial film Bolero? <laughs> um, I mean, Is that, I, have you heard of the movie? Oh I yeah, I've definitely oh, okay. heard of Bolero, oh, okay. and I remember that it was. I mean, at least at the time, minorly controversial. For what? But I mean, just being racy. But I don't know who the couple was. 
I don't know. John and Bo Derek. Oh, okay. Oh, All right. That's okay. right. So he, he was the director. That's right. She started it and he was married to him. Sure. Almost, we're almost done with this card, guys. All right. This All is right. weird. Uh, last category, fair play. Okay. Mm. <laughs> very specific. What would they know about that? Yeah. <laughs> I will ask you. What was Indian spiritual leader Mohandas Gandhi's middle initial? Oh. oh. That is a valid That's question. A yeah. yeah. Fair play. I don't know what them. Okay. Uh, Colin. J. No. It's not S. K. K. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I think I had that. Yeah. Mohandas K. Right. So I remember a long time ago, I think, I believe it was in Walt Disney World, there was a film hosted by Walter Cronkite and Robin Williams. And Robin Williams kept on trying to pitch, like, characters, you know, and one of them was. Mahat Mouse Gandhi. So I, <laughs> that was the first time I've even heard of the name. Oh, so okay. I always think, oh, Ma- they're like Gandhi. Oh, Mahat, Mahat Mouse, Mouse Gandhi, Gandhi. who's like a Mouse Gandhi. <laughs> right, <laughs> I don't right, know. Right. That's why I'm oh, like, what's Mohandas? Mohandas. Mahat Mouse Gandhi. Gandhi. Uh, before we continue, we have a little bit of housekeeping here. Uh, we have an installment of... Um, actually... Karen, on our Epics episode, you had the quiz where we had to name as many characters from Epic franchises oh, as I'm we Oh, I'm so could. happy! Uh, I'm so happy people were joint. People were taking pictures of, of their, you know, they're writing it down. Oh, yeah. really? People oh, were taking pictures, hey. and like, this is what I wrote, and they would cross out the ones that... We should know, do more of that so, type of quiz. Yeah, I didn't know how, how that would be uh, received, but I turns know. out it was... But, like, on the steering wheel of their car? Sorry, it's a little jumpy. Um, so you had asked us to list as many... Uh, characters from the Game of Thrones novels as we could, or show, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and so many people wrote in to correct. I had, I had listed... Oh, I, 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 had up, list, I did not pick up on this I'm, when we were recording the episode. I'm ashamed of myself, and, but this is when such I, an, I am actually... Because I was listening to the episode, too, okay. and you put as one of the characters Khal Drogo... Wait, is this not even it? That's no. another Let one. Let me tell you all about this. Because what I heard was you said Carl Drogo, and this was after you had given me crap over like R five D four, and Carl Drogo. That is not his first name. That's his title. Yeah, it's his title. Yeah, it's not, but that's so it's not a first name. Last. Oh, I will. Name. I'll defend a character that only has one name, though. I'll but defend you, that. But, but I said R five D four, and you said no. But that's a robot. Can't. That's not yeah, a first or, name. Or Watto, who only has one name. Mm. And then you said Carl. Drogo, okay. and it went by with... Okay. Oh, I see how Cal right. is... Because she's, she's Khaleesi. Because she's Khaleesi. Yeah. All right, okay. So if we count Cal so Drogo, we should count Watto. So by Karen's rules of it has to have two words. One is a first name, one is a last name. <laughs> All right. It doesn't, he only has one name. Why? What did you... So I had. What was so the other one? This is going to blow is a, your mind. This is Chris. a great. Oh, this is such a great um actually okay. because I, I I was so ashamed of myself. I should have gotten this. Uh, you can understand why maybe I made the mistake. Uh, I said Marcella Lannister. Oh no! But in fact, wait, she wait, wait, wait. is Marcella Baratheon. Oh, yeah, she is. Of as is Joffrey Baratheon yes. and Tommen Baratheon. They are not Lannisters. Right. And I will say no more about that. Can't believe uh, we let that one go. Because no, I, I, I mean, I I feel like I. I'm in the spirit. It's in the spirit of I know what you like. Mean. Wink, wink. You know, you you're absolutely right. But when you said it, it was like, oh yeah, you know, Marcella yeah. Lannister. Yeah. Right, yeah, it makes sense. But yes, uh-huh. uh, well done to all the people who sent that one. In. <laughs> a lot. Okay. Yeah. Which is a lot. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. 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 I love we had it. A lot of um, actually, I know. And then Dana joked, uh, Hodor, Hodor. And it, that's actually his name is not. Hodor. No, it's not. Walter. Yeah. Walter. Yeah. Walter. Yeah. yeah. 
That was a funny answer. I was answer. joking. Yeah. <laughs> but I did take a point for it. I gave myself a point oh, for it. Oh, really? Like, oh, okay. Yeah. I don't think <laughs> I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it. He reinvented himself as Hodor. Hodor. <laughs> uh, luckily, nobody remembers who won, so. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, the points don't matter. <laughs> right, right. Oh, wow. Oh, you're not was... keeping a running tally starting from episode one? I've got it in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, almost, I, I almost was going to make like an infograph. One, one oh, time yeah. of like, oh, who got the most right or like no. percent. And I was like, I really don't want to go through so, yeah. all those episodes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Also, you... somebody's going to be upset at the end of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will be because I'm, I'd be the least, right? I would be the least. Oh, yeah. Because you participate in the fewest yeah. quizzes. Yeah. Maybe it's right. just like on average. Oh, yeah. I would like, imagine you that score? we would pro write it. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. 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 Points, well, points per minute of the show. Well, that, that earlier uh, geek off <laughs> was actually pretty good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Because, you know what, today's episode, uh, we might get a lot of them, actually. Uh, probably. Probably. But, you know, or heated, heated, passionate clarifications or more info. Yeah. yeah. Are there, um, are there um, enthusiastic fans of the thing we're going to talk about right now? I, a few. Is there a group of, yeah, okay. <laughs> Just a few, I think. <laughs> they should, like, do do they, they enjoy have, correcting people? <laughs> <laughs> Colin is like, <laughs> he, yes. His lips got so tight. Like, yeah. <laughs> Let's jump into today's episode. Uh, our topic is something we've had uh, different segments about, but we never a whole dedicated uh, mm. topic. And it was actually, you know, suggested by listener Dan MacArthur, who's like, you know, I would really like to have an episode about Batman. And I was like, well, why not? Let's open it to comics in general. Mm-hmm. I love Batman. I personally love Batman. Yeah. But let's open up to all sorts of comics. Prepare yourself, everybody. Yep. Uh, so this week, we're going to talk about comics and comic books. first comic books I ever remember getting was an issue of Spider-Man, and oh. it was the debut appearance of Hydro-Man. <laughs> Hydro-Man. Okay. And it, for some reason... <laughs> it, it tell water conservation? He, no, he can, he can turn himself into water, okay. basically. Oh. And he ended up being a fairly long-lasting uh, villain in, in Spider-Man. That he seems just, like that's a good power. That was he, pretty well, good. I mean, you can freeze. Right, you can yeah. imagine all the ways that, Vapor. you know, the you good guys have thought to beat him. You can bust out a lock by, like, you know, filling expanding. it with water and yeah. expanding it. That's pretty or powerful. That is pretty powerful. A, you know, somebody... Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can, no, 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 slow down. I want to keep brainstorming this yeah. you could but how would you defeat him a sponge you, a fan oh no, like a fan yeah. <laughs> yeah he's been turned into yeah. vapor before yeah. um just just that's one way to beat him yep. if you, you know yeah. if you happen to chance upon hydro man yeah you could drink him you can mix some poison into the water yeah. well actually at, so uh, you guys know sandman i think they've even had sandman in the spider-man movies yep. right at mm-hmm. one at one point in the spider-man continuity hydro man and sandman got one. merged together into <laughs> mud man yes. mud man Yes. How many was this a special like six issue sort of mini series? <laughs> it was it was a short run. I think yeah. yeah, intimate. <laughs> well, you know, what? he was dumb that too. Is, it wasn't yeah. like he was like twice as smart. It was almost was like they, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
All of that to say, I've had a fascination with the villains in yes, particular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. And okay. Karen, I know you, you and I have talked a lot about the, just, the good villains, the bad villains, yeah. the dumb villains. Um, okay. I'm a Marvel guy uh, going all the way back. I'm not a big DC guy. So I put together a quiz about Ooh. Marvel oh. Comics villains. Okay. 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 So if you've read or seen uh, Spider-Man, Daredevil, Fantastic Four, Incredible Hulk, uh, this is the universe that we are talking about. Now... For this quiz, I will give you a description of a villain and their name. You tell me, is it a real villain from the Marvel comics, <laughs> or is this a villain that I have made up to try oh, and okay. fool you? So not like from okay. another, right? Like not from DC right, or right. From I feel like we're all going to learn something. Oh man, <laughs> this quiz. I, I've tried to choose some of the more obscure ones, but some of these have shown up more than once over the years. Okay, so this uh, is giving me flashbacks of Dana's a uh, Lifetime movie. Yeah. Real yeah. or fake. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But her fake ones are so good. Yep. And the order of these has been entirely randomized, not by me. So you can't try and outsmart me okay. <laughs> by, right. oh, well, he wouldn't put two of these back to back. The dice decided the order of this quiz. So here we go. Oh. Yeah, but whose dice were they? <laughs> it was on the okay. iPhone. Oh, yeah, well. yeah, technically it was a dice app. Yeah, yeah that's how sad. <laughs> that's how sad <laughs> things are today. You couldn't even find real dice. It was oh a dice God. app. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, here we go. So, uh, why don't you guys give me a thumbs up for yes, this is a real villain from Marvel Comics, or a thumbs down. Colin, you are just BSing us. Okay. Okay. Man. <laughs> Stiltman oh. is a scientist and inventor who developed a pair of super long telescoping legs, allowing him to rob tall buildings. <laughs> If you made it up, you did a great job. Yeah, yeah. it say, captures that time. Yeah, like yeah. Old, it's like Inspector Gadgety. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all three of you say real. Uh -huh. You are all correct. Okay. This, is, this is a real villain okay. uh, from uh, first. Thing, he fight. He first fought Daredevil uh, in 1965. See? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's simpler time, as you said. Yeah. Yep. Moving right along. Dumb enough to be true. The silver platters. Spoiled rich kids, Arthur and Eva Silver, turn to a life of crime wow. using metal throwing discs as their weapon of choice. Oh, again. Oh, oh, I, I'm going to say it's real. I hope you made yeah. it up, I know. Though. I love it so it's much. I, yeah. Everyone says real. No, this is false. I made this up. Oh, I made up the silver platters. That is, that is gold. Yeah. I mean, the silver, the is silver gold. platters, the right <laughs> yeah. level yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, No yeah. one would suspect them because there's. They're rich. Right. right. Why do yeah. they need to yeah, right. they're bored. throw metal discs mm. around? They're so rich. Um, All right. But Moonlight also has like a doo-wop group. All right. Moving right along. Next Any, villain. I know some of our listeners like to draw the things that we talk about. Oh I'm, not, I'm not saying you have to. I'm not saying you have to. I'm just saying if you're not doing anything right now. Yeah, yeah. listener Anna always draws a yeah, she, she does. pictures. She does. I'm not. I don't want to. She's very busy, though. <laughs> yeah. Paste Pot Pete. <laughs> Peter Petrusky is a chemist who develops an advanced adhesive and turns to a life of crime using his super sticky paste to combat foes. Oh my god, again. <laughs> I hope you made it up. Yeah. I'm going to say his name real. again. Paste Pot Pete. Peter I will Petrusky. say this, so, this so sounds, they love alliteration. Yeah. They love alliteration. It sounds old-timey as it is insofar as it refers to an obsolete piece of equipment. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. And it also sounds like the sort of thing that a comic artist would, uh, would, would like, on deadline, literally just starts looking around his office like, <laughs> like, like Kevin Spacey in The yeah. Usual Suspects, lands on the paste pot, and is just like, bing, bang, boom. Yeah. <laughs> this one. Yeah. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say true. I like it too much. I'm going to say true to all of these. All right, well, Chris, Chris is all in on true. Yes. Dana says true. You know, yeah. I really like the fact that he has, like, a Russian-y last name, too. Yeah. The Colossus, you know, had a... Uh, Makes it East Coasty in a way. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay, true. You're going to say true? It's too good. All right. Yeah, you are all correct. Oh, he, true. Oh he, is a, he is a real villain. And Chris, I love your... I love the deduction that you go <laughs> yes. through. Yeah, yeah. And he really did. He had a little paste pot and a gun, and he would just spray. <laughs> I mean, it's, it was simpler. It was simpler. He was yeah. a very early Marvel villain. This was 1963. I wonder how oh, long he sure. was around. He showed up a lot. He, he, really? he fought... Uh, the like fa- a legit... As a legit villain, he fought the Fantastic Four many times. Okay. He did. He did later <laughs> but, rebrand you know, himself uh-huh. as the Trapster, which oh, okay. was kind okay. of yeah. And he would, you know, he really his whole thing was like he would build these kind of elaborate, you know, so he, devices. He branched and, out. Yeah, he diversified from yeah, the, yeah just the one. So Acetone Man was yeah. his like arch rival. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, moving right along. Next villain. <laughs> I'm going to say true to all. The Big Wheel. Jackson Wheel is a disgraced <laughs> businessman who turns to a life of crime as the Big Wheel, piloting a giant armored mechanical wheel to carry out his evil plans. Hmm. I say no only because it's like the Silver Kids. This oh. is Jackson Wheel. I don't think, I think, they were, I I think maybe, he'd do it twice. I'll say I, true. No, I feel like if if it were real, his yeah. name would be Jackson Wheeler or Wheelman, <laughs> mm-hmm. not just Wheel. So I'm saying I'm saying, call me this up. All right, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dana and Karen say false. Chris says true. This is true. This is oh. a real one. Chris got it. Yep, he is a real villain. Uh, showed up in 1978. Uh, would fight Spider-Man uh, on more than one occasion. What does he do? You know, I mean, what do any of he them do? What do any of them wheel. do? They cause havoc. They, they, they rob banks. Right. They have these, you know, harebrained schemes. With the, all, all of their plans are always geared around everything going exactly to plan. And you know, and of course, yeah. the hero One shows thing, up. Yeah. But he really did. He had a giant armored mechanical wheel that could like climb up the side of buildings Ooh. and okay. had guns and things like that. I mean, it'd be pretty intimidating, you know, sure. if you saw that coming toward you. Kangaroo. A young man from Australia who was so obsessed with kangaroos, (laughs) he lived and traveled among them, eventually developing a superhuman leaping ability. He was raised Ooh. by kangaroos. Before turning to a life of, of crime. crime. Mm. Oh. There's a lot of uh, in his pocket. A lot of height-based villains. Like yeah. it's only can conquer. Because back um, then it's like yeah. that's how you get into things is to they right. just put it out of reach and yeah. it could like reach <laughs> yeah. a little feature. <laughs> I'm gonna say mm. this was put in as a nod to an, our Australian listeners in, in an attempt to get more Tim Tams and that it's I say, column made. I say true. <laughs> it's a Tim Tam play. But yeah. <laughs> is there a lot of like singular animal-based villains uh, like there's yeah. like shark penguin. penguin yeah yeah all right but kangaroos it's, raised by kangaroos. my thumb is getting out of comfort. karen okay. says true chris and dana's uh chris says false dana's dana's torn i'm gonna say it's true because i think you would have made a better one than this <laughs> it is uh, true yeah. so point to karen and dana yeah. wow like, Kangaroo appeared in uh, 1970. He was uh, another uh, Spider-Man he seems so foe. So much later than 
I'm thinking like the 40s and the 30s. You know, well, I mean, uh, Marvel only goes back to the 1960s. I mean, the modern era of Marvel. So, mm-hmm. yeah, all, almost all of these are going to be 1960s, okay. 1970s mo- for the most part. There was a second kangaroo. Not only was there one, but in later days, there was a second kangaroo who even had like like powered costumes like a, to actually kind of look it's more like, like a, a kangaroo. Like yeah. Bunny, like the long mm-hmm. ears. The original kangaroo, apparently, yeah, his, his, MO, his MO was he would rob you and then just leap away really quickly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, That's what I do. Yeah, it makes you feel worse. You're like that guy robs me. Right, right, right. <laughs> He's just hopping around. Hell's bells. And now that's oh. B-E-L-L-E-S. Hell's oh, Bells. Girl. An all-female team of high-end burglars who dress in demonic costumes to hide their identities and intimidate their victims. Wow. Very progressive. Mm. There's also like a band, I think, called the Hell's Bells. It's all girl, girl, girl band. Yeah. Kiss had their comic. Kiss was big. Maybe this was some jumping on that train. Uh, I feel like just the Kiss thing. All right. All right. Karen and Dana say true. Chris says false. I made this one up. I I, I made up the Hell's Bells. Hammerhead. A vicious crime boss who received metal implants in his head following a severe beating, giving him a super wide, super flat, super strong forehead. But I say yes. And I think maybe it was a Venture Brothers cartoon had something like that. It's too. like a Dick Tracy yeah. thing. This sounds like a Dick Tracy bad guy. Yeah. Animal centric. Mm hmm. Okay. Everyone says true. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. yeah. He, he is, yeah, yeah. He is a. I actually, uh, yeah. Folk guy. Yeah. He's what, what does he do? He hits things with his head. He he he, 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 he showed he'll up hit and, you right uh, in the head with his head. <laughs> yeah. He's he's really modeled after like kind of the old school like Jimmy Cagney Al Capone yeah, yeah, style. Yeah. Yeah. But he lives in a modern world. So even even in the pages of Spider Man, the, the characters around him know he's kind of an anachronism. Okay. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So he goes to back to 1972 uh, again. For, Dick Tracy like very yeah. Dick Tracy like yeah. yes yes. Uh, eventually over time more and more of his skull was replaced with. High strength steel and other metals. Is still his skull? Things, yeah. So yeah, I mean, what I always wondered with him is like, okay, so your skull is you know in, you know indestructible, but your skin isn't. Like right. your skull is still yeah. wrapped in normal skin. I wouldn't think about that too hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Next one. The Splinter. A f- is he a rat? A former no. lumberjack who <laughs> discovers a mystical hardwood so strong <laughs> it can oh. puncture steel. And turns to a life of crime. Ah, <laughs> oh, that makes me sad. Which part of that is <laughs> the villain? Um, it's the, the, the piece. The, no, not the piece of wood. Oh. The man is the. Yeah, he is the villain. Yeah, is he real? Right. What's it's his name again? The Splinter. The Splinter. If I if I were if I were him, I why hope. would I name myself the Splinter? I would name something like the Trunk mm. or something more mightier. <laughs> right, like right, right, right. The Splinter is right. like this annoying little right. thing. Roots uh. McGillicuddy. <laughs> <laughs> I would McGillic- say it's true, but I feel like if Colin made it up, it would have been had like a the Lumberjack name. or Timber yeah. or something. You know, yeah. oh Timber, Timber. So that's why I think it's real because it's not as good. All right, Chris says fake. Karen and Dana say real. I made it up. Uh, it God, it's reverse co- psychology. I know. It's both a compliment and an insult. The Circus of Crime. 
A criminal organization of oddballs and misfits operating under the leadership of the Ringmaster. If it's not real, you have to write it, Colin. You should Mm. write this. This is good. See, wait, you guys all locked in? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I know it's true. I said it's real. Okay. Oh. Uh, you all say true. It is true. Yes. Okay. Right. The so Circus Chris of Crime. Uh, you know, lots, lots of good. Rotating building. membership. Yeah, yeah, rotating yeah. membership. Yeah, it's let's fun, say. It's fun to read the members. Yeah. It yes. seemed like such low hanging fruit that if it didn't already <laughs> exist. Yeah. So they go back to 1962 originally, yeah. uh, fighting the Incredible Hulk. But over the years, they kind of have become sort of like the intentionally uh, uh, jokey collection yeah. of like the loser villains in the Marvel Universe. All right, last one. Boomerang, a former Major League Baseball pitcher who washed out of pro sports and turns to a life of crime (laughs) using an assortment of deadly specialized boomerangs. This sounds... Wait, he's a baseball player? Former. So he can throw really hard. Oh, and it comes back. So it's not just he just throws balls at people. No. In fact, not balls at all. He throws the ball, and then he has to run and go get it. (laughs) That that ultimately is his weakness. (laughs) What do you say? Oh, uh, I'm going to say true. I say false. Okay. Ah, I think it's real. True. Uh, It is real. It is real. So point to Karen and Chris. Uh, But game theory on your part. But then also, there was another Australian one in here. The kangaroo. Uh, so I was like, right. oh, he's, uh, he's not Australian. Believe, you might think yeah. he would be, but Oh, yeah. but he's not. He's oh, just he's yeah. an MLB pitcher. He yeah. does have, frankly, a fairly ridiculous costume. There's like a giant boomerang on his head, mm. and it's, yeah, yeah they're like all over. It, it doesn't look uh, discreet by any sense of the word. You could have done the didgeridoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's got his, like, see, he's got the didgeridoo. He's got like a hat yeah. on. It's like, he would boomerang? play the didgeridoo, and it causes an earthquake. A note. That yeah. will like shatter gra- glass. Yeah, no, yeah. he just he plays the brown note, causing everyone <laughs> in a five mile radius yeah. to poop themselves and have to I was run home. Say he just so you like go to the bank. Them in a trance. Yeah. Nope. You go to the bank. All right. Well done. Well done. Right. Runs away. You guys know mostly good. your real villains and now some of yes. my fake ones. Paste pot is the paste worst. pot Pete. Uh, hole punch Harry is on <laughs> yeah. the loose again, punching holes in your money. And it's like yeah. a like, tender. Sir, we found these uh, little circular people. <laughs> His oh, calling card. Oh, yeah. This can only be one person. And it's just confetti. Hole punch Harry. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. So, um... If we're going to do a comic uh, show, which we are, um, pretty deep into it, <laughs> uh, I, I need to talk about uh, Japanese comics, yes. manga, oh, I was my gonna, thing. Sorry, before, because Colin, you talked about your first comic oh, book yeah. that you remember was Spider-Man. Yeah. Do you guys remember your first comic book? I mean, they're, they're like newspaper funnies. So my first comic book book. Mm-hmm. Was was a book was a manga book and it was about a sushi chef. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Shotan no sushi. Oh wow! And it's a kid. There are a lot of kid wonders yeah. in yes. manga world. <laughs> yes. they're like fifteen, yeah. but they're really good. And there's at this and kind there's of thing. a lot of stories that deal with like um, sushi chefs or or whatever. Like yeah. yeah. What about you guys? What were your? I think my first was oh I th- there was a Donald Duck comic book. I think that was one. And they're Archie. 
Like I used to read oh, the Archies. Yeah. yeah. Right. I man, I could not tell you. Um, I think we had just had a lot of comic books, you know, around. I definitely had a lot of Archie comics. I had a lot of Mad Magazine. I had... Oh, yeah, Mad yeah. Magazine, yeah. Yeah, I probably had a lot of Archie comics. Yeah, I can't think of what my first one would have been, though. But you couldn't go buy manga in the U.S. very much. Like, there were a couple of things that were translated. Like, one of the earliest yeah. things was Barefoot Gen, that, the manga that's about yeah. the bombing of Hiroshima. But that was, I mean, a lot of that was translated because it was like a teaching Historical, tool. yeah. Yeah, and so not a lot of the popular stuff was really getting translated. Um, I mean, mostly just because of it, because in Japan it reads from the right to the left. To translate manga, you either had to, A, teach Americans to read from the back, which nobody really considered doing. Right. Yeah. Um, which is what they do now. But what they used to do is they would have to take each page, flop it, right, and yeah. then redraw all of the sound effects. It was just, it was a very laborious process. Yeah. Um, if this was like 20 years ago and we were doing Good Job Brain on a cassette tape, or I don't know what we would do, um, <laughs> it, I'd be starting with like the basics of like, what are Japanese comics? I'm pretty sure that everybody listening at this point has a general sense of Japan makes comics <laughs> at <laughs> yeah. this point. Um, what I what I wanted to talk about specifically was that if you think about the the manga business in Japan and what kind of separates that out from like the American comic industry, um, the way that people read, consume, the way they're drawn, the way they're produced, the 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 key word um, that I want to talk about. Well, before I get into that, just to make it very clear about like manga in Japan versus comics in America. In the in the late 1990s, I looked up some sales data of oh, comics. Okay. Late 1990s, mm-hmm. uh, Japan, the U.S. April 1997 in the U.S. The top 300 comics that month, which pretty much represents how many comics were sold. Because once you get a top 300, that's, right. that's pretty mm-hmm. much you know uh, 9.34 million copies total. <sighs> That's for all of the top so, 300 titles. So a little bit less than 10 million for all the top 300 titles, roughly. So that's how many issues of comic books that they sold in April 1997. In that year, 1997, the circulation of Weekly Shonen Jump comic anthology magazine in Japan is a weekly magazine. Its circulation was 4 million. Wow. So 4 million copies per week of that one wow. comic book, book ah. were sold. So that's like 12 million issues a month. That one magazine is mm-hmm. that was in, in 1997, it was the size of the American comic book yeah, that's industry. Crazy. That's how big the difference is in Japan, which has one third US <laughs> population. Wow. Right. Okay. That's how big mm-hmm. manga is. So that gives us a little clue as to what that keyword was I was kind of hinting at a little earlier. The thing I want to talk about. One of the one of the the understanding the difference in terms of like the popular manga is speed. This is from, there's a very important book. It's sitting in the other room. It's called Manga Manga. Um, oh, it's a yeah. book. It was originally published in 1983, and it was really the Western world's first introduction to Japanese comics. That was absolutely mm-hmm. mine. That was yeah, absolutely oh, where I oh, yeah. learned that word, was through and, that book. Yep. Yep. It basically just sort of talked about the manga industry, who the big players were, how things were put together, and then, of course, there were some manga at the end of the, at the, end of the book. Very early on uh, in the book, we get this. 
an editor of Shonen Magazine, which is one of the competitors to Shonen Jump, he says that in, in their estimation, it, it took their readers, this is in 1983, it took a reader uh, 3.75 seconds a page. My goodness. So, tr- yeah, like try reading, yeah. A, try reading a panel <laughs> yeah. of Watchmen yeah. in three no. seconds. You could get try as far as like minutes, and and yeah. the. Right, yeah, yeah yes. Um, well, why is this the case? Are they just good at reading? Yeah, probably. If you're reading a, you know, giant comic magazine or two or three every week, you're probably pretty good Training at training yourself. You know? yeah. But it's really, it gives us a clue as to like, how did manga artists use the page? What were they doing that was so interesting and so influential later? And it was that they were like cinematic. So the, the writer of the book, Fred Schott, he writes, American artists might use one cramped frame to depict a superhero punching an alien villain. But Japanese artists are likely likely to show a samurai warrior hacking away at an opponent over several pages and to depict the action from a variety of camera angles. Oh. Uh, so, in short, this is me talking again. You're not you're not supposed to like linger on every page. You're supposed to like take it in frame by frame as if it were a movie and just sort of let your eye wander over it, you know, and and mm. very quickly move on to the mm. next page as it shows you kind of bit by bit the action that's happening. You know, the swords here, the swords there. Yeah. Mm. So you might also now be thinking, you know, Shonen Jump, whatever, these are anthologies, and so they publish many, many stories inside of the 320-page edition. 320 pages per week. That's a lot of comics to generate yeah. per week. Uh, and indeed, um, <laughs> manga artists in Japan, you know, they can make a lot of money. They can be very famous, but they work ridiculously hard and they work very fast. The most prolific artists at that time when this book was written were doing 400 to 500 pages a month. My God. Um, the secret is that they have teams of assistants. So it kind of differs depending on the artist what they do. And and Frederick Schott in the book laid out two very different scenarios, probably at the extreme edges. There was Osamu Tezuka, who at the time was yeah. still still alive, still working, father of Astro Boy. And he was very particular. He did the pencils himself. He did the inks himself. And then he would um, have his assistants fill in, like... You know, if there was a big part of the panel that had to be filled in with black, they would do that. Mm. Uh, shading, um, usually from those like those those sheets. tone sheets yep, where you rub tone. it on, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. like they okay. would do that. Um, typesetting the dialogue um, sure. because in America that you know comics were hand lettered for a really long sure. time. Yeah. In Japan, they they switched to typesetting pretty pretty fast. Yeah. But meanwhile, the guy who created uh, Gogo 13, which mm-hmm. is that the sort of James Bond esque uh, hero, a guy's name is Takao Saito. He is described in the book as leading sort of a full team effort in which he is like the creative director. Um, mm-hmm. And he might just tell somebody, okay, you know, draw this page and GoGo13 is going to do this. And then I'll come back and look at it later. Mm-hmm. Or he might draw a page mm-hmm. himself, but he might just draw the faces of the main characters mm-hmm. and say, okay, well, you guys, second assistant, you fill in the faces of the other characters that are here. And a lot of this happened because comic books in Japan, um, were, the creators were independent. It's not like, oh, I got a job at Marvel drawing Spider-Man. It's right. like, oh, Osamu Tezuka's company, he mm. creates Astro Boy, and then he goes to the publishers and says, oh, okay, let's have a contract where I'll, you know, I'll finish these stories and just deliver them to you. So that's how you get rich and famous is by actually controlling the <laughs> IP of your work because then you sell the yeah. Astro Boy merchandise rights. Yeah. When they would publish um like the richest people in Japan lists, like these are the people who make the most money in uh-huh. Japan about a whole country. Like mm-hmm. manga the big manga artists would be no. in there. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. They would be on the list. You would not see that here. 
<laughs> is um, is the yeah. huge volume that they had to produce these at? I mean, part of the reason why so many of them are black and white. I mean, if it were color, that would be completely insane. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you just. Yeah. I mean, you just. It would just make it. That's true. I mean, they've got to print these massive magazines, yeah. which don't sell for very much money. So yeah, they just have a, a tradition of like black and white. Everything is black and white. News you know, print, yeah. it's super super cheap newsprint. They're meant to be thrown away. If you were to collect, you can't. You can't collect comic books <laughs> yeah, in Japan. No, yeah. you're getting twelve hundred yeah, pages a month. Yeah. There, yeah, I mean, if you think of <laughs> two inches thick, and they come out every week, yeah. you have a stack oh that goes to your ceiling of With one year's worth yeah. of comics. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. So they get thrown away, and then um, that's when they release them in the graphic novel, the small format, mm. and then it's only one story because because the anthology, the Shonen Jump, has like twenty, thirty, whatever different. Uh, stories in there. Mm-hmm. So you just pick out your favorite and right, then you go right. and you throw that away and you get the, the, the novels to have on your, your shelf. Because there isn't this like comic collecting of original editions in Japan, oh. like there's, you know, we have like the three million dollar action comics that just sold in America. There's nothing that, that touches that in terms of like mm. old issues of comics mm, in Japan because there just there really so is no, there's so many, it's, it's hard to collect comics. Interesting. Yeah. So, so the prices don't go up because there's not as much interest. You know, now we have more creator-driven comics in the U.S., but like at the time, it was really more big brands owned by big companies. Mm. Um, and you, as a writer, would just sort of get hired and they're like, "Okay, you're on Spider-Man this week. Okay, well now Bob's on Spider-Man, and you know, you're yeah, whatever. You're, on you're Pace Pot, pot Pete. Yeah. yeah, until you shape up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a quick break. A word from our sponsor. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. And we're back. You're listening to Good Job Brain. This week we're talking about comics and comic books. Okay. So uh, Colin usually does, or has frequently in the past done Brad Pitt or lasers. And yay! so, yes, yay. Woo! So for comics, I'm going to do a <laughs> round of Batman or tasers. Yeah. I promise. She told us earlier. Yeah, I won't they, sue they you. Yeah. I today. won't sue you. I Thank promise. you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm going to uh, give you guys two characters or comic books or items, and you tell me which one came first. All right. All right. Very close. Many of them are close. Some of them are not close, but maybe surprising. We'll okay. see. 
All right, well, let's start off uh, with Batman or tasers. We'll, we'll kick <laughs> it off. Which one was first, Batman or tasers? I know when Batman was published. Do you guys know when tasers? I why would it? Why would I tell you if uh, <laughs> we're not doing this cooperatively? <laughs> No, we all have our own little individual pads and, and uh, markers here. Mm-hmm. Ready? Okay, so Colin says Batman, Karen says Batman, Chris says Batman. Batman is correct. Okay. And the taser stands for Thomas, Thomas A. Swift's electronic, electronic rifle. rifle. Okay. Electric or electronic, I forget, but one of those, yes. All right, so this one is a little bit different. I modified the rules a little bit on this one. Uh, put these in order. Wolverine, the character, mm-hmm. X-Men Comics number one, and Hugh Jackman. Oh, that's good. So I've, uh... <laughs> huh. All right. Colin says X-Men, then well. Hugh Jackman, then Wolverine. Karen says Hugh Jackman, X-Men, Wolverine. Chris says X-Men, Jackman, Wolverine. Wolverine was premiered in October 1974. X-Men Comics was 1963, and Hugh Jackman was 1968. So it's, ah! it's oh, X-Men, okay. Jackman, Wolverine. Yes. Ah, I thought he was older. Yes. Halle Berry or Storm? Oh. Halle Berry oh. played Storm in the movie, but when mm. Storm first appeared. Well, we know she is younger than Doritos, if that mm-hmm. helps. <laughs> Did Storm happen Do before or after Wolverine? Yeah, I'm going to say... You wrote a lie, but you wrote Halle Berry. Karen says Storm. Uh, Chris says Halle Berry. It is Halle Berry. Oh. Halle Berry was born in 1966. Storm was uh, first introduced in 1975. Right. One year after Wolverine. Aha! Yep. Mm-hmm. Which came first, Nick Fury or Samuel L. Jackson? And the reboot of Nick Fury was based on oh, Samuel oh, L. Sure. Jackson. Oh, so not the reboot. No, right. the, the original, original character. Yeah. Oh, man, S.H.I.E.L.D. Close. It, well, it's, it's, this one's tricky for a tricky reason. Colin's no, overthinking. No, no, yeah. Okay, Colin says Nick Fury. Karen says Samuel L. Jackson. Why am I always writing Chris says Nick Fury. It was Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, yes! Okay. He was born in 1948. Nick Fury, Ooh. 1963. Wow. Wow, 1948. Wait, can... Yeah, that's just me being surprised that Samuel L. Jackson is old. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We have a precog. I think that Nick Fury was one of the pre-Marvel characters. Oh. It says first appearance, Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos, yeah. May 1963. Okay. Okay. <laughs> huh? I was like, I, I can also Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have Wikipedia too? Yeah. <laughs> All right, a few more uh, actor and character they played uh, combos. How about Star-Lord or Chris Pratt? Wow. Star-Lord oh, and Guardians no of the Galaxy. I have no idea when Guardians... Uh, Guardians, I think, is 80s. How old's Chris Pratt? How old is Chris Pratt? Yeah, my only question is, is how old is Chris my Pratt? Age? It's pretty close. I'll, I'll give you okay, a hint. Right. This one is a close one. So Colin says Star-Lord, Karen says Chris Pratt, Chris says Star-Lord. <laughs> yes, it is Star-Lord. Uh, Star-Lord was 1976, Chris Pratt, 1979. Oh. Pretty close. How about Gamora or Zoe Saldana? This one's also very close. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Gamora from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. 
How old is Zoe Saldana? Yeah. She's ageless. Yeah. Yeah. Never ravaged by time. Oh, Karen, we finally guessed the same thing. Oh, wait, are you changing it? <laughs> <laughs> Man, why are we opposites? I don't know. All right. I'm just, I'm just Colin sticking. says Gamora. Karen says Gamora. Chris says Zoe Saldana. It is Gamora. Yes. Uh, Gamora, 1975. Zoe Saldana, 1978. How about Captain America or the attack on Pearl Harbor? Whoa. Did America enter World War II? Before or after Captain America? What year was Action Comics? Just as, just as, that's as, that's reference. That's DC. 30s. But that's, yeah. yeah. But no, yeah. but just reference. <laughs> 30s. Sure, sure, oh, sure. I see what you're saying. Okay. Colin says Pearl Harbor. Karen says Captain America. Cap. And Chris says Captain America. It's Captain America. Wow. Captain America came out March 1941. Oh. Pearl Harbor. Wow. 19... Pearl Harbor was December 1941. I knew it was wow. close. Yeah. So knew... close. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah. Man. Actually, you know what? That's a good thing to know what month. How about Superman, who is a newspaper reporter, or Citizen Kane, who is a newspaper magnet? Oh. <laughs> Yeah, man, best film. I don't know the Oscar year for that season came. It's pretty close. Colin says Superman. Karen says Superman. Chris says Citizen Kane. Superman's 1938. Citizen Kane was 1941. Yeah! Wow, that's close. Yeah, 41 was a big year for stuff. Uh, Last one. Stan Lee or Pez Candy? (laughs) (laughs) God, Stan Lee is old. Wow, maybe he's listening. No, 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 I mean just uh, scientifically. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I'm not making objectively. <laughs> I mean, point it's of the indisputable. Game. He could not, yeah. Yeah. Uh, How okay. old is he? They are. It's going to be yeah. real close. I'll give you a hint. They're in the same decade. Colin says Stan Lee. Karen says Dan. Chris says Dan. It is Stan Lee. Yeah. 1922. Pez Candy is 1927. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. So for the man for the first five years of his life, he did not know the joy of Pez. Yeah, (laughs) I also had Patrick Stewart or the first folding wheelchair. Oh, Oh. for Professor X. Yeah, yeah, that's good. What is it? It is the wheelchair was four years older than Patrick Stewart. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! Good job, you guys. That was good. Yeah, that was good. How's it feel to be on the other side? It's stressful. It's yeah, stressful, especially it? especially when I've looked up some of these very Separately. things for Brad Pitt or lasers, and I'm like, I cannot I recall. That's good. Yeah. That's how I feel a lot of times. I'm like, I've read this article. What did it say? So it is not a secret that I love Batman. Yeah. I love the villains. I love the fact that he doesn't have superpowers, except for the fact that he's really rich. And I love the fact that he used technology. And you know what? I was reading something about Batman and they were saying, oh, everybody in Batman is really into the thing that they're into. And that's what kind of characterizes the characters in Batman. They're all like mm. a human interest to like an obsession. <laughs> They're level. all obsessive. Yeah. And I was they like, are. Like Karen. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> like, you are, oh, you are into the thing oh. you're into. And I, I like appreciate yeah. the other, even the yeah. villains that yeah. they're really into. The penguin. He's just all about penguins. It's fine. <laughs> anyway, like, <laughs> there are a lot of good books. There are a lot of good Batman books and writing and art, uh, good video games. The TV, the animated TV show was so really good. good. Yeah. And so I really love Batman. Uh, something in particular drew my eye when I was doing the research is Batman was influenced by some parts of his creation were influenced by real things. And I want to talk about some of the real things that mm-hmm. you may not know right. that shape 
Batman like. Bats so, are real. Is what you're saying? Bat, yes, bats. <laughs> Did uh, we ever tell our bat story? What bat story? We have our bat story. Our story about bats, the millions of bats. Oh, bats, bats, we, bats, 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 bats. Oh yeah, we have a bat story. We have a bat story. In a song. We have what? A, oh yeah, we even a song. You're burying the lead there. No, we went to uh, South by Southwest in Austin, Texas, and there is a bridge oh, in Austin I've heard of this. where all the bats in the area, they sleep during the day. But if you go down there at sundown, and a lot of people go down to watch this, you go down there at sundown, as soon as the sun sets and it's still, there's still like reflected Sunlight, light outside, yeah. Yeah. all the bats leave the bridge uh, to go out doing bat like stuff. Like a cloud. But it's, yeah, but it, it turns the, the sky black. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did I tell you bats, about bats, the bats, time bats. I got chased? Uh, back to my hotel by some bats. You've never told us this. So I was in California. No, no, I was uh, on a island called Vanuatu. We were coming back from some festival thing. We're walking along this moonlit path. We're like, oh, it's really nice out. And then all of a sudden, we hear like some noises. Yeah. And then something like flies by us, and we're like, what was that? And we like look around, and it's we notice the bats, and then we just start running back to. Hotel as fast as I had. A, I had when I was a kid. I went to a cave in one of the national parks in Taiwan, and yeah, there. Do you remember in Batman Forever the movie with Jim Carrey and uh, Val Kilmer puts on the Riddler, the the weird TV thing, and then it's supposed to show your nightmare, and then uh-huh. he sees a bat flying towards them. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. It was this kind of dark thing? There's some light, and you just see this bat flying <laughs> towards your head. Bat it's case. not gonna eat your face. Yeah, it just. Fly, somehow they're just... You don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. You don't But know. they just kind of fly over your head. Yeah. And, you know, for, the, for yeah. that moment, they you're get like, really close. I'm going to really die. Close. Yeah. It's funny that we have these shared experiences of bats flying into our face or close to our <laughs> yeah. face. Because yeah. that really is a fearful thing and kind of part of the Batman inspiration. So, um, Colin, you know this. Who's often credited with creating Batman? Often uh, Bob Kane, tr- yes. traditionally. Traditionally Bob Kane. There is a co-creator, yes. Bill Finger. Yes, in the last couple of years especially. <laughs> yeah. Has I mean, really started to get a lot more recognition. Yeah, yeah, I mean, back in the days with the, the comic books, you're kind of, you know, crediting ideas or you're yeah. co-working with some, you know, somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes, like, there's some weirdness there. Um, so Batman was said to be inspired by a couple things, um, by Bats. Uh, by the Leonardo da Vinci drawing. Oh, uh, yeah. Vitruvian oh, the Man. The flying suit. Yeah, the flying right. machine. The flying okay. machine. Kind of vaguely bat-like. Yeah. yeah. And Zorro, at that time, mm. the mask mm. kind of oh, like... Crusader. sure. And one of the other things that's listed often as the inspiration is a movie called The Bat. It's actually a debuted as a Broadway play in 1920s. And it's, I know, Chris, you also like, like, Agatha Christie stuff. It is kind of like, Mm -hmm. whodunit, Mm -hmm. kind of like, and then there were none, or mousetrap. Um, it has that feeling, and, you know, it it was, it was a play. Suspenseful. Um, Mm -hmm. that it got adopted into a silent film in 1926 about people are looking for a treasure, and there's just one dark, mysterious silhouette that keeps killing off people Mm -hmm. one by one. What is Batman's Real name. Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne. Bruce, the name Bruce is uh, Robert the Bruce. King of ah, Scots. Oh, Robert the Bruce. The Robert the uh-huh. Bruce. Okay. One of the most famous warriors um, and uh, led Scotland during its first of the wars of uh, Scottish independence against England. They picked Bruce because of that? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. And the inspiration. And then Wayne. So we have Bruce, what's kind of the warrior, the, the Scottish warrior, like, you know, bring the people together. 
And then Wayne is was picked because it was named after Anthony Wayne, which is an old. It, they needed like hmm. kind of a colonial, old standard uh, American sure. dynasty hmm. kind of family old name, money like name. an old yeah, money, old name. money okay. name. So like Adams or. They eventually thought uh, Anthony Wayne, a U.S. war hero, also has a lot of places named after him and mm. has that uh. legacy. So they have a combination of the Bruce from Robert the Bruce and Wayne from Anthony Wayne. So it's like wow. super warrior and also old money, um, which kind of fits with hmm. his persona. So yeah, some some cool real things. It's a good hero violence. name. It's not alliterative. Yeah, no. Yeah. Which kind of makes it a little bit cheesy. Can't be like yeah. Lois Lane, right. Clark Kent, and you're like yeah. Bruce Wayne. Yes, I believe that this guy yeah. is a super rich it's like not, tycoon. His name's not Bat Battingson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For example. For yeah. yeah. Right. 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 I so I found a quiz that's called "Can You Pass the Hardest Batman Trivia Game Ever?" Oh, um, oh yeah. Okay, I'm gonna share it. All right. Should I, should I well, ask I don't know. Question? No, what do you? Curious. You, get, you know what? Do this until we get one wrong. How about that? Okay. Uh-oh. All right. All right. Okay. Survival round. So so I took this quiz and I did actually pretty good. There's some that were like, okay, there's no way I, I win this. <laughs> um, so I found the the hardest Batman trivia game ever, and I would say I looked at a lot of different quote hardest batman trivia yeah and this is the best one in terms of like is it gettable do you remember not like mm. in episode right. 36 how yeah. many fingers did you know it's just like yeah. should we do like, should we do should we team up yeah and try and do this yeah. okay. 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 okay okay all right when was the first batman movie released oh i'm gonna give uh, you I'm gonna they, they they made a lot of early ones. Well, yeah, I well wait, they did like serials. Yeah. That, are we going to say that? I'm assuming that they're featuring they the serials. Movie, movie yeah. Are we going to? Multiple have, choice. Um, oh, it's multiple choice. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, 1943, 1966, 1968. 43. I think 66 mm-hmm. because it's, I think they did a movie based on the Adam West. But uh, maybe there was something campaign. before it. I feel, I, I feel I, like there was I'm a gonna, really early one. See, there might be. Okay. Jeez, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Well, democracy. What do we say? We got three votes. Uh, I like the early one. The early one. I okay, I can go. With, I can go with the Just early to one. Just see. What is it? Okay. Good job. The earliest one, 1943. Okay. Uh, please yeah. look up pictures for this. It is really funny. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because their costumes are horrible. <laughs> you know, I I think I saw a documentary and they had a clip from it, and that's why <laughs> it, looked, like, it, looked it looks weird, like grown-ups like in pajamas. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, who writes the current Batman comic issues? Oh. Oh man, who's on Who, it? Is now? this multiple choice? Oh. Is it Jeff Johns? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh is it Brian Azzarello? Is it Scott Snyder? Jeez. Oh, Azzarello sounds I mean I know like I mean some, I know. They're all, all, yeah, they're, they're all, all Batman yeah. writers. I mean they're all very uh, <sighs> I I mean I'll say Jeff Johns, but I, I I'm just I have, guessing. Sure. I'm just guessing. It is Scott Snyder. Oh, okay. Okay. Flash, I guess. Yeah, okay, be. sorry, Scott. Okay. Well, yeah. and Colin, you got uh, one last kind of. Yeah, I got a quick little thing here. Um, uh, you know, Chris, uh, many episodes ago, uh, you were talking about the history of Mad Magazine. Yeah, for listeners who maybe didn't hear that episode and <laughs> maybe you the forgot. Beauty of or, it, the beauty, it, or for me who forgets that episode. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah. Well, so so the part of the genesis of Mad Magazine was that in the 1950s there was a lot of pressure from parents groups and uh, politicians 
reactions to really this moral panic about what are comics doing corrupting our mm-hmm. youth. Mm-hmm. They basically pressure the comics industry into creating their own set of guidelines. Almost, you know, the reasoning being like, if you guys don't police yourselves, we'll come do it for you. Mm-hmm. And so the, the comic publishers like, no, 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 we, we, we'll do this. We'll come up with a code sort of in working together with parents groups and concerned senators and congressmen. So that was the code of the Comics Magazine Association of America. And for years and years and years and years, every, every major comic uh, from Marvel and DC and all the big publishers, they would have a little CCA stamp on there basically saying, we passed the code. And I realized... Mm -hmm. After collecting comics for years, years and years, I didn't, I don't even know what was in the comics code. So I went and I looked it up. The original bylines and guidelines of the comics code from 1954. Are they ridiculous? Are some of them ridiculous? At at a remove of uh, 60 years, I would say they, they feel pretty ridiculous. This is the general standards. Crimes shall never be presented in such a way as to create sympathy for the criminal to promote mm-hmm. distrust of the forces of law and justice, uh, or to inspire others with a desire to imitate criminals. That's why they're yeah. so dumb. These things were, these things no were anti-hero. Yeah. so, so specific and, and so restrictive. Yeah. Yep. Listen to this. The letters of the word crime on a comics magazine cover shall never be appreciably greater in dimension than the other words contained in the title. The word crime shall never appear alone on a cover. Mm. Scenes dealing with, or instruments associated with, walking dead, torture, vampires and vampirism, ghouls, cannibalism, and werewolfism are prohibited. Yes. So this was just broadly no striking out all the horror, all yeah. the supernatural ones. When- there are whole sections under advertising matter, which seem pretty straightforward. You know, liquor and tobacco advertising is not okay. acceptable. Like, fine, I, I can, I'm on board with that. You know, okay. not no liquor or tobacco ads for kids. Uh, advertising the sale of fireworks is prohibited. Okay. Eh, okay. okay. It goes on and on like this, as you can imagine yeah. what we put together by uh, concerned minds of the 1950s. But here's one here under the, uh, under the, uh, Costume section. Okay. Costume. Females shall be drawn realistically without exaggeration of any physical qualities. <laughs> what happened wow. to that one? <laughs> yeah, what yeah. happened to that one? Yeah, that was thrown out the window. <laughs> so, you know, they revised these uh, a few times over the years. There, there was a major revision in the 70s. There was another major revision in the late <laughs> 80s. And, you know, each time they kind of had to sort of, you can tell that they're like, all right, we really got to scale this back. Eventually, they said, you know, like, crime happens in life. Drug use happens in real life. We can show these things in comic books. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. By the 2000s, it was getting to be really just, like, frankly, a drag, I think, for a lot of the publishers. Marvel was the first major publisher to say, you know what? We're done with this. We're not going to be part of the CCA code anymore. We're going to come up with our own in-house guidelines. There's something called the internet that parents are going to be more concerned with. Well, and, you know, also... Well, I mean, the the moral panic over comic books had, by and large, subsided, you know, for a long time by that point. Exactly. There were other things to have, you know, even bigger moral panics over. Right, Right. of course. Yeah, music and video games and movies, what have you. And they had moved on to um, where, you know, music industry has to police itself or we're going to police you, the sticker. Right, Video game industry has to do that, has the ratings board. It's always kind of the same. DC DC stuck another 10 years after Marvel did. They stopped following the code in 2011. Mm -hmm. Did you guys know who the last major publisher to drop the code was? After Marvel, after DC. (gasps) Oh, Disney? Archie. Archie Comics. Oh. Yes, yeah. Very short after, very yeah. soon after DC. And like, hmm. if, if these standards, if Archie Comics can get away
away without the code, you can probably drop the code altogether. Right, right, yeah. right. Did all their yeah. boobs get bigger? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's probably the one Man. part of these guidelines he that... killed a guy. Archie got really subversive. <laughs> yeah, subversive Archie. All right. And that's our show on comics and comic books. Thank you guys for joining me and thank you guys, listeners, for listening and hope you learned hope you learned a lot of stuff about manga, about tasers, about fake villains and real villains, and Batman. You can find our show on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, on Spotify, and also on our website, goodjobbrain.com. And don't forget, Good Job Brain Live, uh, get your tickets now, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye! Bye. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.